Look, man, I know it's taking a little bit longer than I thought, but I just want everything to be just perfect. It's, I only get one shot at this. That's a terrible idea, stop doing that. Today's process is this, start now. Sit back, relax, let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice. If you work with me, you must have a signed agreement. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right, let's enter the understory. Remember, admission is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. All right, guys. So uh, pretty glorious day today uh, for a lot of different reasons. Let's just do a little recap of my week. It's Friday. So this week was the first week uh, that Madeline started school. So anytime, obviously, she hasn't been on a schedule for six months. Like we haven't, we've had kind of a schedule, you know, you kind of get up at the same time every day, but that would, it got kind of flexible and mushy because there wasn't school for her to go to. Right. And so we kind of went from zero to a hundred. The good news is so, cause she's doing school, swimming, soccer shots, jazz. Okay. And you're like, Oh my God, that seems like a lot, but I, I promise you we're not helicopter pairing it, uh, parenting it. We're not like, she literally has that much energy. And if she doesn't do all of those things, she murders people. She just goes on a rampage and just starts stabbing and murdering everyone. So I'm a very good, uh, in my past life, I was a criminal defense attorney. So I've got her off. Uh, I've got her out of uh, juvenile hall a few times already. And she's only four. So listen, she needs to do that much stuff. If she gets too tired, we'll dial it back. So, but this is our, this is our test run to see if she can handle a full load of school and all that. Um, and the school is flexible. It's like five days, but it's preschool. So she doesn't get a truancy problem if we, you know, take a Friday off, whatever. But anyway, so this was the first week that she was on a schedule. So then once she was on a schedule, then we could get Luke on a schedule. Right. And so because we'd have to kind of do Luke's um, activities off of her school schedule. So today, for example, Luke is at Jimboree right now with his mom. Now, don't get me started on this Jimboree. There, there, have, there were some uh, hiccups in the beginning of our relationship with Jimboree. I hope they have been solved. We shall see. But uh, we may be taking Jimboree out of the uh, rotation. But uh, Jimboree, we're giving Jimboree a third chance. Uh, there are a couple other things. And I don't want to cast stones at Jimboree just in case we continue to go there. All right. So... And because we were able to get her scheduled on and his scheduled on and they're kind of tired and they're going to bed now at at the right time and they're getting up at the right time, my morning routine today was like the first day uh, in a long time that it smoothed out. So my morning routine is I get up at five, um, I drink a green smoothie, I do uh, yoga, stretching for 15 minutes because I got got my dad's hips and my dad's got my, my dad's hips. Not only do they don't lie, his hips don't work. So uh, my he has two both of his hips have been replaced because he's got crappy hips. He's always had bad hips. And so I have bad hips. And so if I do yoga stretching in the morning and I get, do a good job of stretching them out, then my hips don't hurt. If I don't do that, then my hips hurt. So there you go. Right. Um, then what I do is I empty the dishwasher and I listen to a podcast. This is why maybe you've heard my morning routine before, but. There's a reason why I'm going to walk you through this, right? The history of my morning routine by Wade Skalski. So 
Uh, and then I empty the dishwasher. The uh, empty the dish uh, empty the dishwasher from the night. I fill the dishwasher up the night before. I do all the dishes and I open it and I do it in the morning. Now, I want to set everything up in the house for success. And the dishwasher emptying the dishwasher is I do it kind of as an act of service for my wife. Right now, it's chore and I have to do it anyways. But in my mindset, it starts my day off as like I'm going to do this um, as an act of service for my wife. Not because it really is an act of service, because it's just a chore that you should do. But I put it on that in my mind because my wife, one of my wife's love languages is acts of service. And so if I start my day with an act of service for my wife in my mindset, then it, it makes it so that I just I just I'm starting off and like I'm giving for an acts of service to my wife and then I will do more acts of service during the day because that's my mindset. I'm setting up my mindset for success for interacting with my wife during the day. If it's just a chore, you can skip a chore. You're like, ah, I don't really want to do it, right? But if it's an act of service for your wife, seriously sets up your mindset for the whole day, even if it's just, quote, emptying the dishwasher. This one's for free. I have do I try to do dual dual things for everything so I can have exponential growth. Maybe you should try that strategy. That one's for free. I don't know. Whatever. So but while I'm emptying the dishwasher, I'm listening to a podcast. Right. So I'm actually doing three things. I'm completing a chore, putting my mind in an act of service mindset, and I'm listening to a podcast. Cough button. Oh, I can tell I'm back in the flow because I haven't had an early cough button in a while. I've been off my game for a few podcasts. I don't know if you could tell that, but uh, we're back in play. Anyway, so so I'm, this morning I listened I listened to Russell Brunson's Marketing Secrets podcast every single day, and then I flatlined my Facebook um, my Facebook for ninety days. I was going to do it for a year, but I was like, that's too long. I flatlined it for ninety days. So the only thing I put on my Facebook feed for ninety days every day is I put I tag. Russell Brunson and Marketing Secrets, and I, I talk about, I take a picture of it of, of some point in the podcast of where I say, oh, that's a nugget, and then I literally, I, I publish it on Facebook. Here's what I learned in this nugget today. You should listen to Russell Brunson, boom. And that's been my Facebook feed for almost 90 days. In four days, it'll be 90 days of just nothing on my Facebook feed. Um, uh, except for that. And the reason why I did that is two reasons. One is I'm retooling my entire Facebook to be a, I'm going to be um, solely 99% a creator of content, not a consumer of content. All right. And so what that means is I had to decide what kind of content I was going to create on Facebook and everything on Facebook and my feed, maybe it's just my feed, your feed, I'm sure is fine, is a dystopian nightmare. People aren't putting up their food anymore. It's either about the election or it's about how one side's a moron or how you're a moron or it's about um, like really strong political views with no nuance at all. Both sides, everybody, really strong uh, views on the pandemic with very little nuance, both sides, right? And no one's really, everyone's just shouting at each other. My Facebook feed is a dystopian nightmare. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this with you people. And these people are all my friends. They're like, I've accepted all these people in my life as my friends, but right now, on Facebook only, maybe in the real life, person to person, they're doing great. When I talk to them on the phone, everybody seems to be doing fine. When I see them in person, everybody seems to be doing fine. But on Facebook, it's turned into a dystopian fucking nightmare. So I was like, I'm not doing this. I just flatlined it. So for 90 straight days, that's all I'm doing. September 15th, or yeah, September 15th, I get to start posting again on Facebook. But the purpose of my Facebook feed is to be getting my message out for the understory lawyer message and what I do. That's it. I'm not going to do politics. I'm not going to do anything about the pandemic. I'm not going to do anything about anything about anything unless it has to do with the understory lawyer on my Facebook feed. It is going to be a marketing tool for me. 
All right. That's what I've decided. It's no longer what it's originally intended to. I have a very small core group of people on like text, text interchanges where it's the exact same thing. You can text each other, a little text chain. You can post things on your text chain feed. It's Facebook on the cheap. Anyway, so that's one aside. Let's get to the story for today. So basically, so this, the podcast for today was Russell Brunson talked about, um, and it wasn't the one that he published this week, but it's, I'm going back because I'm doing them every day, right? And then once I get to the end, I'll do his marketing secrets. Like he has years of podcasting. So I've got plenty of time to keep doing this every day. So I learn a business lesson. I learn something every day from the dude. The dude's worth a hundred million dollars, whatever it is. His company's worth, a, it's a unicorn. It's worth a billion dollars with no venture capital. It's crazy. He, he started it selling a potato gun for God's sakes. So anyways, you can learn something from that, right? I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee. Staple coffee today, Dunkin' Donuts hazelnut, just so you know. Mmm. Fired up today. Nobody in the house except for Blind Dog Lily. Still garage bunker podcasting, but we're going to get back in the office soon. All right. So today, he uh, the podcast I listened to is about how Runson, the title of it was, I sucked at writing books five years ago. So the first book that he wrote was um, Dot Com Secrets, I believe. Right? Let me look. Dot Com Secrets. Yes, he did Dot Com Secrets. Then he wrote Expert Secrets. Then he did Traffic Secrets. So he did three books in a year. And... Uh, so he, when he did the new dot com secrets, he, which is his third book, which is a New York Times bestseller, he went back, bought the rights back from the old publishers for dot com secrets, expert secrets, and rewrote them. Like he, you know, he he edited a lot of stuff. He doubled the size, whatever. He went back, and his his message was like the book wasn't perfect. The first book, dot com secrets, five years ago sucked. Like obviously it didn't suck. He it sucked to compared to who he is now, but. Um, that book five years ago changed his life and changed a lot of people's life. And I think utopian thinking, I talk about a lot, will will kill you in many different ways. Utopian thinking can kill you literally, that's on the political side, but utopian thinking can, 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 can kill you metaphorically um, on the production side. Because if you, if you have, if you want to start your own business, basically you're taking a leadership position. You're saying, all right, I'm going to provide a product, a service, an experience, whatever. I'm going to provide something. I'm going to solve a problem. It's a, you know, those are crickets in the background, by the way. I can't find these fucking crickets in my garage. So it's the, the key is I can not do a podcast today uh, or uh, do a podcast with the crickets. So yeah, those are crickets back there. They're bored by what I'm telling them because they're crickets. They don't know anything about entrepreneurship, but you do. And here's the thing is that if you're going to take a leadership position and you're going to start your own business, you've got a nine to five, you're going to start your own business. If, you, if you're commoditized by the gig economy, you're going to start your own, you're going to make your own, make your own business. And if you're, if you have a business that you fucking hate, you're going to pivot from that business and you're going to make your own business. Okay. You're taking a leadership position. You're saying you, sir or ma'am, entrepreneur, or excuse me, um, prospect, potential client, human being, you have a problem. I know how to solve that problem and I have a solution for you. That's at its basic form, that's what you're doing. To do that, you have to go in a position of leadership because if you, no one's going to go to someone on a problem that's not a leader on it. They're just not. So why did I select as my main my main problem is to help people who are trapped in the understory? Because I've been trapped in the understory of all three of those things. I've been trapped in a nine to five. I've been gig, I've been um, commoditized by the gig economy and I have um, had a business that I fucking hated that I built myself. I've been trapped. And those three things together are the triple indie. So I can help people, even if you only have one of those, I can help you because I've done all three. And so I can be a leader 
in helping people in that situation because I have gotten myself out. Well, how can I say that I've gotten myself out? Well, I totally shut down my business, moved to across the country to Virginia Beach, started a business that I love, I'm talking to you with it right now, and I'm, I'm doing it uh, without dying. <laughs> Right. And I've done it multiple times. Okay. It's not, this isn't the first time that I've, I've been able to pivot. Right. But now this is the first time where I am in a position of, of leadership, which means I'm only a couple steps ahead of you. I don't have to have a multi-billion dollar business right now to, to, to lead people out of the situation that they're in. I only have to be a few steps ahead of them. Right. Because I've stepped, those few steps have hundreds of landmines and those few steps is like a decade in there. Just so you know. Okay. If you wanted to get technical, it's 40 years with the understory because I went into the understory when I was seven. But that's a very macro view of it. But at least at least 15, 10, 15 years on you. Okay, so whatever. Right. I can go in a leadership position. But here's what people do. People say they say, uh, well, okay, I know that I I, I have a I have a, a. a solution, but I have to I have to make sure that the solution is like super dialed in. I have to make sure that the solution is perfect. I have to make sure that the solution um, would work for me. And that's a terrible fucking idea. And here's why. You're trying to create it. If you have a business and you're trying to create a solution for yourself, you can't lead people there because you 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 haven't learned the lessons yet for your fucking self. Everyone wants to jump into the middle of the value ladder, right? They they want to go into the big solution. Don't do that because you're never going you're you're going to hesitate when it's time to put your chips on the table and say like this is what we're doing because you haven't validated it to yourself. You're trying to solve solutions for yourself. Don't do that. Solve solutions for others where you're at right now. So where you are where you are at right now determines who you can solve problems for. But people when they want to build a business, they try to solve problems for Richard Branson. They try to solve, they think to themselves, I have to create a solution for a problem that Richard, Richard Branson has. No, you don't. They, they had their avatar that they pick for the people that they have to help are above where they are in business. You can't fucking help people above where you are in business. This is the big problem. So I'll give you, how does this work out for what I'm doing, right? Well, okay. So I have uh, at the top of my value ladder, right? I have what's coming as a planned growth experience. Planned growth experience is for a business owner who is, uh, is is basically is in a business that he hates or she hates. And um, no, it's he because the Rangers are. I'm sorry, it's he's. I'm, I'm helping married men. Sorry, my bad. I'm still in the. I'm still niching down on that in my head because I was going for everybody. So I'm married, married, married men, entrepreneurs. That's what I'm helping. Okay, kids optional. Don't have to have kids. If you have them, it's just an asset for you. And we'll learn about that why in a different podcast. But but get them right. But. Get married, then have your kids. It's a better order. Personal opinion, and thousands of years of thousands of institutional years knowledge. Whatever, but that's a that's for free. Okay. But everybody wants to jump to solve the big problem, right? But don't do that. You, you you don't you just simply don't have the bandwidth to do that, and you will fail, and you will never get started, and you'll sabotage yourself. If Russell Brunson, like the Traffic Secrets book that Russell Brunson wrote right now solves like a super fundamental problem. And if he would have tried to write traffic secrets first before he wrote dot-com secrets, it probably would have been okay, right? But the order just would have changed. But he sucked. It's the whole point about writing the book is that he he didn't wait to write the book until he had the $100 million company. I think when he wrote dot-com secrets, I think ClickFunnels was, was not, do, it was 10 times smaller than it is right now. 
And so, but what he can write a book now for a billion dollar company, it's a unicorn. I think it's valued at a billion dollars because it's, it's a hundred million dollars is the, whatever they do a year in terms of continuing. So I don't know, whatever it's math. I was told there was no math, but the point that I'm trying to tell you is that is his book that he wrote was not a perfect book 10 or five years ago. And now he's a New York times bestseller. And if he would have waited until he could write the traffic secrets style quality book or or wrote the dot com secrets book that he went back and rewrote, he never would have wrote it. And two things would have happened. He would not have helped the people that he helped five years ago. People like Steve Larson. Steve Larson was in the army uh, when he read dot com secrets. He had a he had a. Like, like he was in school, I think, and he didn't know dick about dick about online marketing. Okay. And, um, I don't know why I'm getting all salty today. So let's, you guys can handle it. All right. He didn't know anything about online marketing. And in that five years, Steve Larson has won multiple comma, uh, two comma club awards. That means he's cash sold a million dollars through a single funnel from nothing, not even knowing anything to reading that book. Russell Brunson, that book in its form that he thinks is crappy now that he totally rewrote was good enough to help where Steve Larson was five years ago. And there are countless thousands of people that he helped, thousands and thousands. And I think they sold like 50,000, 100,000 copies of that book, probably more. I don't know. how many. They sold a bunch of 200,000 copies of that book. They sold a ton of books. And so, and so the thing is for you, don't wait because there's two sets of people that Russell Brunson on the cycle has helped. He helped Steve Larson five years ago and all the people like Steve Larson five years ago. And he's helping a set of people now that will listen to him because he's a New York Times bestseller. That will listen to him because he's got not one, not two, but three books to his credit. They'll listen to him because he has a he has a billion dollar company. So there's a whole set of people now that will listen to him that wouldn't have listened to him five years ago. So if Russell Brunson doesn't write the original book... He loses all. He loses the impact to serve all those people, and so do you. Stop trying to go to the end of the journey first and solve that problem. The reason why I'm starting where I'm starting the value ladder right now is for someone that's in the 95, someone that's trapped by the gigatized or gigatized commoditized by the gig economy or trapped in a business of their own creation, is because I personally have done all those three things and I know how to get out of it. I know the path, the frameworks, everything. So I'm doing a free plus shipping off the book. I'm doing a free plus shipping offer for the book that then leads to step two, right? But I didn't start. And then there's a step three, right? Which is the service aspect of the legal side. I don't start on the legal side. Why? Because I want to start at the beginning. There's two schools of thought that you on a value ladder, right? And, and so... You, get, you have to decide what you want to do. There's a Steve Larson school of thought, which is start at the middle of your value ladder because the, um, the margins are really high because you're going to have a mid-tier offer, right? So my mid-tier offer of the value, depending upon if you want to look on the demand side or the supply side, but let's look at the, let's look at the demand side. My mid-tier offer of the value ladder is $997, okay? It's a course. It's a course that's after the book, right? And so if you start at the 997 course, there's a lot of give in the 997 course, obviously, because it's an information product, and and then um, it's an information product, and then um, you can fulfill on it easy, and the margins are huge, right? That's why information products are good. Okay. Um, the other reason why they're good is because you can have the most massive impact in someone's life, moving them through that process, and. But why didn't I start with the course? Why am I not on this podcast just trying to drive everybody to a webinar that drives everybody to the course like a traditional model, right? 
The reason is, is because the group of people in the course, one, they haven't been pre-framed by the book, right? So it's a harder, it's a harder sell. But two, to be honest with you, is that going through the process, taking it down a step and going through the process of writing the book, um, identifying the core problem, which is you're trying to find your place instead of make it. Okay, taking you through a journey to help you make you understand that and then just getting you to the foundational point of like, okay, I've decided to make my own place and stop looking for it in a coach, a course or some magical codex. Right. Myself going through that process and teaching you what I'm teaching now makes the course 10 times better. It's like me starting at dot com, the dot com secrets book instead of starting at traffic secrets. It's that, it's that idea. Now, now I could I start at a course and sell it for a thousand dollars and be successful? Absolutely. But the course is going to be better and be able to help more people because I'm writing the book at the lower end of the value ladder with free plus shipping, which will not make me any money. It's only for client acquisition and pre-framing for the course. Now, that's that is counter. That's counter to what a lot of wisdom is in the, in the online world. Sorry. Well, I'm a counter. Counter, I'm a counter-revolutionary, counter right? I don't disagree with that model. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to succeed, but this is the way that I've chosen to do it. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that, and this is kind of what I learned today after I was listening to Russell Brunson, is that I've been hemming and hawing about the book, right? Like the first draft is done. It's already in the can, it's written, right? But I, there, I need to go into the editing phase. I've been hemming and hawing and I've been delaying it. And the reason why I've been delaying it is because I was falling into the trap that I'm telling you not to do. And that's don't wait till it's fucking perfect. The book is going to be the book is going to be great. It's going to be life changing. It's going to be awesome. But once I get through the book, do the class and then flip over to the back to the supply side, then I can come back and rewrite the book because I'm self-producing the book anyway. And the book, I can make the book better. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the book is good enough. Done is good enough. You're like, oh, well, I want to wait till it's perfect. Then you're not my client. It doesn't have to be perfect to be perfect. And if you're the type of person who says, wait, I want you to have this book perfect before I'm going to read it, then fuck off. And the reason I say fuck off is because then you're going to you're going to place all the expectation on me to be perfect for everything. And that's just not going to happen because I'm a human being. And also, I think we've all determined here after 120 episodes is I'm a little salty. I'm a little all over the place sometimes because I'm a I'm an abstract thinking person. And so it's like I can't be perfect for you all the time if that's what you want. You got to be an active participant in your own own survival, uh, and you have to basically take responsibility for yourself. Now you can learn from me because I'm ahead of you. If you're stuck in a nine to five right now, if you are commoditized by the gig economy, if you're allowing yourself to have that happen to you, and you are uh, in a business that you fucking hate and you don't know what to do, I'm ahead of you. I can say that with certainty without a doubt. So let me help you because I have a framework and a path that I can get you out of there fast. You don't have to fuck around for 10 years like I did. Let me save you a decade. I paid that price for you. And so I got really excited because I laid out the book. I kind of really streamlined the book and I did another outline today and I'm like, all right, this is it. So I'm going to, I'm going to take all the first draft that I did. I'm going to stick it in the, I'm going to redo it a little bit to stick in the outline that I did that I simplified it all down to solve the one core problem, which is you're trying to fucking find it. You're looking for a magical course. You're looking for a magical coach. You're looking for a magical codex. And I'm telling you, you don't have to find it. You don't have to find your place. You got to make it. And you have everything you need right now, right now. And that's what the book's going to be about, is to help you help you go through where you are right now and lay the foundation for what you need 
to build a clearing where you have a place to stand, where you can make decisions confidently, where your your wife is not looking at you and like she's like nodding her head, like, yes, this is going to work. And inside she's like, is this gonna fucking work? How to solve that problem? How to solve the problem of you like delaying and procrastinating and reading shit and going online and sedating and medicating with, with alcohol or whatever it is because you're, you're stalling because you don't know what the fuck to do. And then how to future-proof your business so that you can start. I know, really snoring. She's bored. It's crickets in the background. It's awesome. Here's why it's awesome. Because if those things annoy you, we're not a good fit. If you're like, this guy's got his podcast, it's got crickets on it, it's got low production quality, there's a dog in the background. I'm telling you, we're not a good fit. Go listen to something that has a perfectly, you know, go find the coach with the codex in the course. But Wade, you're, you're saying you're having a coach. You're saying you are a coach. You're saying you have a codex. You're saying that you have a course. Yes, I have all three of those things. But the, those three things are the purpose of those is to teach you to make your place, not my place. Don't go make a business like someone else's business. Because you look, model success, yes, there are frameworks you can model, but you, you ha- for you to succeed, you have to make your own place. I'm sorry. If you can't accept that, don't leave your job. Because that is an awesome responsibility. You cannot offload that to someone else. Don't offload it to me. I don't want it. I can't, I cannot, I'll fail you. I don't know what your specific skill sets are. I don't know what your desires are. I don't know... I don't know what your unknown unknowns are. And your unknowns unknowns can be discovered. It is your moral duty to do so, and you're the only person that can do it. No magical codex, no magical course, no magical coach can do it for you. But I can give you a framework that can help you do it fast. And then you can make the place that you want. And then we can rock and roll together. And that's what a ranger entrepreneur is. It's a married man making his place as an entrepreneur. That's what a ranger entrepreneur is. You're stuck in the understory right now. You're trapped. And what I'm telling you is you're not trapped. You're free. You're trapped by your mindset. And my book and my course and my coaching will help you get out. And my results are my credentials. I've gotten my mindset out of all three of those things. And I can say it with certainty and power and tell you it's true. I'm fired up today because I'm like ready to rock and roll and finish this fucking book. And I've been hemming and hawing and stalling on it. Not I'm like, why am I stalling? Why am I stalling? Why am I stalling? And I just told you why. It's because I was waiting for it to be perfect. Because I was having imposter syndrome about it. And I was like, well, let's dial the book down. Let's dial the book down to the bare minimum problem that I know one million percent with certainty that I can solve. And that's the find it problem that I just described to you. I was trying to put things in the book that I haven't sorted out the framework and communication yet on. And that's what was stalling me because I was I was trying to go too far into the future. I was trying to write the traffic secrets book instead of trying to write the original dot com secrets book. I'm not a New York Times bestselling author yet. But you know what I am? I'm good enough to write the dot-com secrets book. 
And that book helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And where you are right now, if you're a married, if you're a married man trying to find your place with your fucking business right now and you're trapped in your current commerce situation, I know how that feels. It fucking sucks. It eats away at you. It eats away at your wife. You don't know what to fucking do. You drink too many gin fizzes. You eat too much shitty food. Sometimes you just don't give a fuck. You don't care because you don't know what to do. You throw your hands on the air and you say, I don't know what to do. Fuck it. I guess I'll keep going to my job. I guess I'll keep letting clients go to other people after I've educated them on everything for a hundred dollars. I guess I'll keep doing this business that I I made because it was the only way I knew how to make it. And I basically recreated a nine to five for myself and I fucking hate it every single day, but I'm an entrepreneur. No, you are, you feel trapped, but you are free right now. You do not need a magical codex. You do not need a magical course. You do not need a magical course. You need you. And I can help you find it. I can help you find your unknown unknowns. And I can help you be free of the trap that you're in. Because it's not real. What I want you to do is I want you to take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, I want you to take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go buy a fucking journal. You need working papers. You're not going to do anything if you're not writing shit down. But for the moment, take out your unicorn track, unicorn trapper keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is just write down two words. Start now. Commit to freeing yourself from the trap that you're in. Don't wait anymore. And just remember, there is no end if you stay on the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.